we can get through opening a luxury cat hotel during a worldwide epidemic, like we can handle anything. Yeah. discouraged by the first no you hear. As a franchisee, as a business owner, you have to have that grit. So it's like start practicing that early, right? And try to find, I like what you said, like finding the right person too, right? Like yeah. it's often no, 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 no. And then you find someone that says yes. You're like, where were you all along? But <laughs> So once you kind of have those three things, I don't want to say secure, but you feel confident about it. You got funding squared away, the real estate, you, you know that you're good on zoning and permits, you get into really actionable steps. And so step one is going to be creating your LLC. Jackie and Nan have already done that. So once we find the right property, we get confirmation on the lease, we sign a lease, you'll be able to set that up as your own business. It'll be the Happy Cat Hotel entity, but owned by your LLC. And that was pretty straightforward, pretty pretty simple process for you when you, when you went through that, correct? <laughs> it's probably the easiest thing easiest. we did. Other than sending you the email in the first place, that was so simple. Then we get into the actual lease negotiations, letters of intent. This is kind of where we are right now, Angela. You know, we've looked at a couple of pro- we've looked at a bunch of properties, and Leanne and Jackie have looked at even more than I've participated in. Three, I think, really high interest. The one on Rolling Road, the one in Vienna, maybe one other one, yeah. and getting that initial, well, I'll put it this way. I, I think that the the landlords, the property owners have been open initially through conversation. They're excited about the concept. They've never heard of anything like that. Sounds pretty neat. But then when we get into some of the, the more granular details, they definitely pulled back a little bit. They're not overly enthusiastic about all the demo, about the wall fixtures and the level of interior reconstruction that we're going to have to do in there. And so they haven't been really flexible with concessions. And, and that's fine. That's all part of it. I do think that we want to end up with a property owner or a landlord who we get along with, who buys into the concept, right? That, that's going to be a big part of it. Do you see that with other concepts. I mean, we're talking about a 10-year lease, so you really want to have a good relationship with the right person. Yeah. From even just having been a franchisee, whether again, whether a franchisee or any small business owner that's a tenant, one of the best things we could have ever done was build the relationship with our landlord. And it helped in everything from different things we wanted to do over time to our lease negotiations, you know, and they just, they, they kind of had our back with things. So yeah, I really like what you're saying about the buy-in too. Like you always want, especially as the early concept like this, where you're doing a lot of educating, you want to really have people that are on your, on your side and see the vision. So I think that's, that's really smart. So you need a, you need like a cat lover. <laughs> that's really, yeah. really funny, yeah. <laughs> And I mean, it's funny because like, it, I know everybody's already probably thinking this and it's not even funny anymore, but like cats are so quiet, right? So like, it sounds like Chris, you're saying the challenges have been with, with the remodeling more than anything. Is that because once it's remodeled, it's not that functional for any other type of business? That's their concern. Yeah. The way that we fasten new walls to old walls is really relatively simple to dismantle, but they're just looking at the physical layout when we send them the architectural drawings and they see 25 new walls that were not there previously, they get a little, a little nervous. Just like anything else, it's just 
keeping with them and it's assuring them that you understand their perspective. Okay, what happens 10 years down the road? We pack up, we go somewhere else. We understand you have a building that you want to be able to do something with. So we'll be respectful of that. And here's our idea of how to do that. Get them on board. I would think it's in a way too, though, you could flip that around and it'd be like a a sign like, hey, the fact that we're doing this should make you know that we're for the long haul. Like Mm -hmm. if if there's no build out, it's easier to just move, try to break a lease or whatever, move on. It's a great point. I mean, that was actually a a turning point in our very first location. We had a relatively open, open floor plan. There was a little bit of demo that had to go into it, but their concern was, and it was actually, it was... I'll even double down on that because it was a what they call a non-conforming use building. So it's essentially a commercial building that has been annexed into what has over the course of 100 years become a very residential area. And so it really has no reason for being where it is, but they can't just come in and, and knock it down. So the town is very, very specific about what can and cannot be used in there on a commercial basis. And so the landlord's concern was, okay, you guys come in, you make this cat hotel. We're already limited with what we can and can't use as a business in there. If we turn this thing into 20 segregated rooms and and do all of this work, then we're really up Schitt's Creek. What are we going to do from that point from that point on? And it was exactly that, Angela, just explaining to them, like, we're going to put in a ton of money. We're not going anywhere. We, this, so don't, you know, yeah, don't worry about that. It's going to take a worldwide pandemic to, yeah. to, to change everything. <laughs> and and who, that? yeah, and I mean, what are the chances of that? So oh that was a good one but it it is funny to think though of the the layout like i was i know we've talked about what else could you use that for like when the pandemic first hit self-isolating rooms like all the hairstylists that were out of work right we're like hey come on in we got cat rooms you can cut cat hair in here or human hair in here yeah Yeah. Yeah. kids study rooms yeah we we ran the gamut on on creative (laughs) ideas because there were no cats in here for sure so we get to that point some of the other things now everything kind of really starts to to move fast from here once you've you've got the lease signed it's like lightning from that point on because you're trying to get to grand opening you're trying to get to profitability as fast as possible so mm-hmm. there's a lot of mini administrative steps we're talking about applying for an FEIN number that's your federal tax ID opening bank accounts applying for a business license especially with kennels that's different state to state in Connecticut it's Department of Agriculture presides over that in Virginia it could be a different uh, what is the health department I think exactly yeah establishing your utilities getting your uh, business insurance in order Lots of administrative stuff. And that's kind of typically like week three, week four, week five uh, from the from the signing of the lease. At what point, Angela, would you recommend now that there's actually a physical location to tie to the business that we start marketing for the grand opening, creating that buzz? I mean, I'm sure the easy answer is as soon as possible. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You know, <laughs> but yeah. just strategies in terms of rolling that out, organic versus social media versus paid for magazines billboards i mean yeah of course like yeah all kidding aside just you can't go wrong with starting that once you know it's actually going to happen i've seen a big range of things happen like social media campaigns i think my favorite is this applies when you're open and prior to opening is building relationships right like going around to the different people that might potentially refer you or that you might do cross promotion with at some point. I think there's a lot of things you can do. You know, Chris, I always talk about the importance of, of 
of helping franchisees know what they can do from a like an organic standpoint because it's a small business and the more money we can not have to spend on marketing, <laughs> the more money we can put in our pocket. We do need to do the marketing, but can we do it in a way that that works? So I think just starting up that, getting the word out there, going out and leaving flyers and, and things like that is what I'd be doing at this point. Like when things are starting to look like, okay, this is really happening. We knew it was happening, but we know kind of starting to know the timeline now, right? So so we start. We even started putting out some, like we'll refer to them as teasers on, uh, yeah. on social media, on Facebook. Perfect. Happy Cat Hotel you know, coming to a town near you, coming to Virginia soon. So nothing specific that was going to bite us in the backside if it didn't work out, but enough to get people, I mean, in the comments, we took, you know, we did our, our micro targeting and got it to, to the people that we wanted to see it. And we had some tremendous feedback. Can't wait. Oh my goodness. Put it in our town, put it in our town. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. I know it felt good for me. I'm sure it felt good to, for you to, to see that validation coming from you yeah. know, the people oh, yeah. in your community. I mean, when you initially put that post up, the first day it went up, we were checking it pretty much constantly. But then every morning following that, we're like, it's the first thing we check when we wake up. We're like, look, there's more comments. Um, <laughs> but it, no, it was, it was a phenomenal feeling to see people just shouting out different areas of Virginia, um, which pretty luckily we're all close to where we're looking to put a spot anyway. And it's, it's a good feeling knowing that the support's out there and people really want this, which we knew, but it's nice to see it in writing. <laughs> Angel, for where we are right now, what would be, and this is totally going to you know, catch you off guard, but what would be the, the best one or two recommendations from this point moving forward, whether it is administrative, relationship building, marketing, what are the things that we should be focused on right now? Of all of the things that need to happen or within marketing? However, whatever you think is the most important. Yeah. Well, the two things that are jumping out for to me the most from my experience would be, so yeah, the marketing and then just Within that, I think, I think really picking two or three things that you feel really comfortable about, but also that, that Chris has found ex- results with and getting just streamlined, like don't try to do too many different things. If, if you're not going to do them all, like or if you're not going to do them all well, like I would do what you know you're going to do. And if you can make them all happen, great, but don't do all of them kind of half-assed, like go in good with like what you are going to do. So in the marketing Picking to, I think the relationship building is going to be key because you got to build trust, right? With a new market. So I think that's going to be really key. And the other things that stand out for me, non-marketing related, well, yes, kind of, is just employees. If that's on your radar that you're going to need to hire some people that I usually, I mean, you don't, you don't want to start too early, but you, it doesn't hurt to get the word out, you know, that we will be looking for people. I remember that being a tough one when we were like, okay, we're opening or I would be showing up in a month to meet them on their premise, these fran- this new franchisee or franchisees. And um, like, if you start hiring too, too early, then people want a job sooner than that. But if you wait and then you just can't, like, I remember being super stressed because I'd be like, I'm showing up there in three days and, you, and you're going to be opening in like a week or whatever. And they're like, we just can't find staff. So kind of starting to get that going feels like a good idea. And then the third thing is just with regards to your, the actual build out and that is just really, we needed to really stay on top of it when we had a grand opening date set. So, so we all know in construction, there's so commonly like, oh, now this got delayed. So now this gets delayed and this gets delayed. And I remember having to be really proactive. And again, you know, 20 year old female boss, boss's daughter of the company. I, it took like, people didn't take me that seriously. So I had, it, you know, I had to figure out how to get these general contractors to like figure it out. Like our freezer delivery is coming. There's like $30,000 worth of product showing up in two days. And 
the freezer doors are three days away. We need the doors on the freezer. Like we need to turn on the freezer so that we can put the $30,000 worth of product in there. So that's obviously not really like exactly related, but the idea of like, don't sit back just because you've got a general contractor, like you've got to stay on it. So the, the three things for me, yeah, marketing, the team that you're going to get, and then just staying on the contractor. That's what's jumping out at me. How does that sound? Jackie? Yeah. <laughs> I guess, once again, luckily for us, one of the most recent things that we did was build out one of the stores for our franchise. And yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and Jackie was in charge of actually running that store. She was the manager. I was in charge of overseeing the build out. So we have, <laughs> we have done some experience <laughs> with that. Yeah, um, staying great. on top of people and making sure that they're actually getting stuff done. And I have some big clunky boots, so I'm really, really good at like, slamming them down on the ground and making sure that things happen. <laughs> but I mean, I'm excited. And I'm, I mean, we have one potential contractor that Jackie's actually worked with in the past. So the fact that she's already, if we do, if we do intend on going forward with him, um, the fact that she's already got a relationship with him, I think will help. Yeah. He's, um, he's interested in doing a proposal or yeah. Uh, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're both just excited to get our hands dirty and stay yeah. on top of it as well. Um, and Jackie's father too is more than happy. He's already said he doesn't work at the moment, and he said, "I'll go sit down there and make sure they get this stuff done." He said, "I'm sure you will." <laughs> And we're going to bring in our contractor as well. We have a company in the franchise space that handles project management and site selection, lease, lease negotiations. They kind of do the whole package. So we're getting them involved to help facilitate this, especially with the distance between us up here and, and down there. And that's obviously a new market to us and just help to bridge some of those, those gaps that, that might be there. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you'd mentioned that you were thinking about it. So yeah. um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it sounds like it makes a lot of sense just to have somebody there. So yeah, cool. So I want to just shift real quickly. We're going to come up on time here and just get into anything that's transpired between last week and this week for Jackie and Leanne. We talked with the real estate broker mm -hmm. and she's got a few new places for us to look at. We looked at them on paper. Some look okay. Some look promising you know you do the google search and the neighborhoods are like yeah i don't know if this is where we want to be or not but it's like we're just so open to whatever right now that we're just going to go look at it all because we just don't know till we walk in and see it i don't want to say no to anything because we are having such a hard time with site selection right now that we need to see everything and, and make a decision based on all of the variables right and just like that first time that we went looking when you came down chris we drove around to so many different places trying to actually see them that we stumbled across other uh, empty mm -hmm. spaces as we were driving. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, while we're out and about driving all over Virginia to look at these spaces mm -hmm. on Thursday, then you just never know what else we might find or see. Yeah. yeah. So that's this week, Thursday, we're, we're going to be out searching again, <laughs> hoping to find that perfect spot. Are these in the towns and the counties that we've looked at? I mean, are you happy with what there is to go see? I know you said neighborhoods, but I don't know if that meant outside of where our desired Yeah, spots I think are. we're in Alexandria, Springfield, yeah. and Centerville area. I think one on Centerville or something. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think there's one further out. So yeah, they're in all the same areas that we've looked at before, just different types of spaces. I think there's still one in a strip mall that we're going to see again, which... Mm -hmm we're not thrilled with, but again, we want to see it. We want to see what's next door. I think one of them actually had a pet value in it. So it was a pet store before, but I think it's next to a restaurant. So mm -hmm. we had talked about not having something close to a bar, 
where people could stumble out and knock on windows in the middle of the night. So we're, we're like, eh, you know, let's just go look at it anyway. We're, I know we're I was open. actually, uh, we were going to say no to that one, but then I was like, you know what, at the end of the day, we should just go look at it because you just never know yeah, what it's going to be or how it's going to feel when you step in there. Yeah. I mean, neither of the, of the two locations up here in Connecticut that we came in, into were listed. Yeah. They were certainly for rent, but they weren't listed on any of the major sites. It was sort of a speakeasy thing between the property owner and, and, the, and the brokers. Fortunately, there's nothing new on the market since we've been looking, though. She said it's kind of dried up right now. There's not a whole lot of new spaces. Yeah. Um, so she pulled out a few more that are potential. So that's mm -hmm. what we're going to look and at. And some of the ones she, it's weird because some of the ones that she sends us, we will never come across on LoopNet. But mm -hmm. after she sends us, if you search for the address, it pops up on LoopNet. So it's, yeah, it's really strange. That website is mm -hmm. on. I think that is a membership thing. Like the LoopNet kind of gives you a little bit of a tease and to really get the good stuff, you've got to, you got to pay the, pay the fee. Yeah. Or you need to know the address. Yeah. All right. Well, that, I mean, that sounds good. I can sense the, the frustration. I, feel it as well. We've been at it for uh, two months now, but again, I'll just reiterate what we had talked about last week. When you're ready to pull that trigger, whether it's because it's the right property or because, all right, well, we're just going to have to settle and, and take this. I mean, we don't want to, but you've got a plan and we've got a plan and we've got to move on to it at, at some point. So when you get to that threshold, we'll make the best with what is available to us. Absolutely. Yep. Well, we want to find the right place. You know, we, yeah. we don't want to settle yet. So we've got a little bit of time. We got time. Fortunately, we're employed already. So we're, we're, <laughs> we're okay with it. I mean, we really are excited and want to get this going. But at the same time, we want to just make it right all the way across. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're looking for the perfect location. And when, it, when we find it, we're going to know. Yep. And you'll be you the guys, first one we call. First, <laughs> <laughs> we'll know. Um, have you guys done a, like a non-negotiables list? Like nice to have to have kind of list not specifically but that's a good idea yeah, maybe we should idea. We, we should probably do that before thursday so that we have clarity um, yeah some boxes absolutely. to check and say it's got this but it doesn't have that mm -hmm. are we willing to not have that kind of thing yeah and get chris to look it over too of course with uh, yeah yeah absolutely ultimately we would love a standalone building but it's going to be hard to find that in this area there just aren't that many so we're going to have to probably not have a standalone, but finding something that is near other animal related things or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in an area that's it's not going to matter what's next door, mm -hmm. that um, people will still come. In, in your traffic, I mean, we've talked at length about traffic and the importance of that for a restaurant that's competing against all the other restaurants on the strip. Right. That frontage property on the busy road, super important. I'm not going to minimize that and say it's not important for us, but it is more of a destination location. They're, they find us through their vet or they find us online looking specifically for a place to put their cat. That's the first point of contact. <laughs> Three yeah. blocks off the main road, they're going to come. They will they're going to come, right. And so just one last thing, you had mentioned there's no new properties really. It seems to be kind of drying up in terms of new searches. Any interest in maybe recycling back? I know we talked about Vienna. Do we want to even go back to, I believe his name was Dennis, and that was the property in Centerville? I mean, that was a couple of months ago. I know, that was a nice property. That was the, I mean, that was my favorite, but the price was so high, so I don't know if he's willing to... I mean, we can certainly have Judy reach out to him yeah. and find out if the rent has dropped at all, because you're right, it has been several months. Yeah. 
it's still vacant, so I've passed it's by it. <laughs> it's still sitting there, so I don't know how much of in a hurry he's to get something in there, but you know, that was my favorite spot all along. And the Vienna place, I mean, we can we would still have to submit that the zoning application zoning thing to, to get application yeah, the application. So once we get that if we decide to go that route, that's that's the other one because that would be our second choice. Right. So if we're not having any luck on Thursday, I guess we'll talk to Judy about potentials of relooking at those places. Mm-hmm. Well, Angela, we want to take it full advantage of the opportunity to have you on the show. So, is there anything that you can think of that that we should be thinking of? Any wisdom for us? Ideas? Yeah. I don't want to let you go before I squeeze every nook and cranny uh, of uh, of your franchise brain there. Yeah, well, you know, it's nothing standing out that's like, oh, you guys didn't think of this or that, you know, just I'm, you know, in, in hearing where you're at. If I think of anything, I'll let you know. But but I think I would just say, I think you guys are doing a great job. It sounds like this, like the relationship building is really nice between the three of you. Like just as much as it's testing your patience, it's it's a, an opportunity for you to work together on, on a challenge, right? So it gives you that, probably that comfort that, okay, this is a good partnership. Yeah, nothing's jumping out at me. That's a concern. I think just staying engaged like you guys are is awesome. And and yeah, keeping your mind really open and going back and looking at properties. That sounds like a great idea. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just like applauding you guys all. Awesome work. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and that's a, and that's a that's a very good point. I appreciate that a lot because I I agree. If we can get through opening a luxury cat hotel during a worldwide epidemic, like we can handle anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's yeah. Good bonding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember back in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) remember that first hotel we opened yeah (laughs) so i'll wrap it up thank you ladies for joining us again thank you angela for taking the time out of your super busy day i know how busy you are helping businesses large and small across north america and i just i really appreciated it thank you so much we'll have you on again of course as we continue to step through all of the the various phases here. Your insights are are, are always welcome. Thank you. uh, I really appreciate you having me. This is like, I would just do podcasts and things like that all day long if I could. (laughs) Is this this a podcast or were we just having a conversation? It didn't even feel like it felt so Yeah, well, that's how we're staying motivated because if we had to come up with like fresh content to forcibly talk about every day, I think it would peter out, but we're just basically recording our week-to-week conversations about the process. Hopefully it'll provide some some insights for anybody that's listening, whether small business builder or franchisee or happy cat franchisee. Yeah. I love it. You know, you know, I love the authenticity and the and the realness of this. So I think this is fantastic. I'd love to come back. We want to have you back sometime. And I'm excited to watch these ladies on this journey. <laughs> Hopefully next time we talk, we'll have something. Have something. Yes. <laughs> we will have something. There you go. Positive uh, mentality, right? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you again, everyone. And thank you to our listeners. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Happy Cat Franchise Podcast. And until then, be happy, stay happy. <laughs>